0: I humbly pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. She asked for a crumb. A woman without a given name, yet we know her nationality, is brave enough to stand before Jesus and ask for the equivalent of a crumb. She is brave enough to shout out loud to get his attention. Brave enough to ask a Jew, a rabbi no less, to listen to her, a dog in the eyes of Judaism. The crumb she asked for was healing for her daughter, who was in the throes of being tormented by a demon the nameless Canaanite woman after a verbal tussle with Jesus discovers that her daughter is healed and now we know the end of the story but what lies at the heart of this encounter with Jesus is perhaps as important as the healing of a nameless daughter in fact we can go back to Galilee 50 miles away or more, with a different story to see how important this one is. Two stories related today, back to back, in Matthew. And if you look at them at a glance, they look unrelated. The second story we have heard is far more interesting than the first. It is a story about several Pharisees and lawyers coming all the way from Jerusalem to Galilee to question Jesus about the disciples not washing their hands before a meal. Imagine that. Yet not washing their hands before a meal. Forgoing the laws of purity, a sign of good Jewish behavior. Yes, the disciples had broken the law, and in some sense, according to the Mishnah, the oral tradition, they ate without the proper observance of purity. Mind you, their irritation had nothing to do with hygiene or health, and everything to do with a faithful Jew observing holiness. They were quick to find fault, knowing their lives, outwardly and visibly, were beyond reproach. They were the holy ones of Israel, set apart from everyone else. They were the religious leaders of society, who adhered to the tradition, and in finding fault, Went to Jesus instead of his disciples. What chutzpah. And as we have seen over and over again, Jesus will have none of it. He sees through their hypocrisy and their motives and turns their accusations into a far deeper answer about the commitment and the commandment to honor thy father and mother. He takes them to task and reminds them that in their very own tradition, aside from the law, it is permissible for them to dishonor their parents by a religious loophole that allows the high and the mighty to make exceptions, allowing the child to withhold anything to be used for the benefit of the parents which might be considered for religious purposes. In this first story, with the Sea of Galilee as a backdrop, he then calls the crowd together and says to them, listen to me and understand this. A man is not defiled by what goes into the mouth, by what comes out of it. But the disciples were concerned and they said, did you know that the Pharisees have taken great offense at what you are saying? So he explains what he means by the use of a parable and they don't understand. So he speaks plainly to his disciples. What comes out of the mouth has its origins in the heart And that is what defiles a man. And we can add, that which comes from the heart can also show great faith. Two stories brought together by faith. The first, a story of faith in a straitjacket. The second story, faith free to cross untold boundaries Yes, ritual hand washing has everything to do with the very brave woman before Jesus, pleading for the health of her daughter. Both stories separated not only by geographical distances and ethnic animosity, but what lies at the heart of the human response to God, the freedom to accept the grace of God. But as the first story with the Pharisees and lawyers have angst and tension, so does this story, the story of the woman that has no name. This is an uncomfortable exchange between Jesus and the Canaanite woman. We can't just gloss over the unsettling words of Jesus. They are tough to hear and even tougher to understand coming from Jesus. Remember the woman shouts to get his attention. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. He doesn't answer. And his disciples urge him to send her away for she, for she keeps shouting at us. His resistance continues. But she comes and kneels before him and says, Lord, help me. And here's the hard part. Jesus refers to the woman as a dog. Whether that was in reference to a dog waiting for scraps at the dinner table, as was the custom in the Middle East, or a verbal slap in the face. But she agrees with Jesus. I am a dog, she says but even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. In other words, I don't deserve a thing from you. There is too much distance between my people and yours, between me, who is not an Israelite, and you, a rabbi. And from where I stand, I imagine you see me as a dog, I am no better than a dog, but even dogs receive better treatment than you are giving me." With the sensitivity of Matthew, she is probably referring to the feeding of the 5,000 with baskets of scraps left over. She is saying, can't you spare a fruit crumbs of grace? There are all sorts of contrasts with this story that you have just heard. The Canaanite woman coming, hat in hand, shouting to Jesus for Jesus' attention with nothing but hope that Jesus would or could do something miraculous for her daughter. Remember Peter earlier, in fact, last weekend, so excited to see Jesus walking in water near the boat that he was in, that he invites himself to walk on water to Jesus. And then he sees the water, the waves and the water, and that he is sinking, he too shouts to Jesus to save him from drowning. Remember the Canaanite woman asking for crumbs. What faith, if any, does she have? Contrast her action with the feeding of the five thousand, with basic baskets and scraps full left over, where the faith of those where is the faith of those five thousand? Where the faith of the disciples who pleaded with Jesus to send them away to find for themselves food to eat. Remember This woman from the region of Tyre and Sidon on the border of Israel, without faith, recognizable to the disciples, crossing boundaries and borders and ethnic entrenchment to have the nerve to tussle with the likes of Jesus for the sake of her daughter. Contrast her efforts to at least have Jesus listen to her plea with that of the Pharisees and lawyers with arguably great outward and visible faith picking over the minutia of the law. In the end, in the end, Jesus says to the woman, great is your faith. Perhaps we dare to understand her great faith is coming to Jesus with nothing no great anything, no Jewish faith, not knowing or keeping the commandments. She doesn't approach Jesus with anything great, no religious piety so evident with the Pharisees, but she has a backbone and what I can only imagine is a deep love for her daughter and she will risk it all, reputation, ridicule, rejection, to place her daughter in front of Jesus, and to trust she picked the right guy to tussle with. Sometimes we need to wrestle with God, not unlike this woman or Jacob in the middle of the night. Sometimes we carry with us faith the size of a mustard seed and it doesn't seem enough. Sometimes we hear, we fear, we carry nothing with us before God, as if to say, we must carry enormous faith to get the attention of God. Sometimes we kneel before our Lord, our Lord, our God, as if we have no business doing so, that somehow we do not warrant Jesus hearing our prayers and supplications. But whatever we have, however great or small, comes from God. It is that inward and spiritual life that offers a humble faith that no distance is too great or barriers so high. Jesus called the woman's faith great and it would be difficult to next to impossible to find what is great faith. Jesus uses the word, I won't. It is not how great our faith is or something that is even attainable. But what is important is what comes forth from us that speaks volumes about the nature and presence of faith in our lives. And God's love reflected through us. Perhaps faith begins with nothing we carry before God. At least not the usual outward and visible understanding of faith. But from a heart that is thankful and grateful. With a heart that with a sense of fullness of grace that is not ours to go on about or to brag about. But to treasure as God's love for us.